0: Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts.
1: Hi, I'm Dana Crawford.
0: And I'm Wayne Jordan.
1: In today's episode number two of Flip It or Skip It, we'll be talking about Zippo lighters.
0: We'll be finding answers to questions that challenge antique dealers daily, like, is this authentic or is it a knockoff? How can I tell how old this is? Is this model worth the asking price? How much
1: should I pay if I want to resell it?
0: And what's a profitable selling price? And what's the best place to sell my item? All good questions. Let's dive right in. So, Dana, why did you pick Zippo lighters for today's episode?
1: Well, first of all, I've got to ask you if anyone in your family smoked.
0: Oh, yeah. My father smoked. Oh, that's a familiar sound. Yes. The famous Zippo click.
1: Yes. That sound always alerted me that my dad was close by. And he was...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like belling the cat, huh? Yes. Yes. Did you own a Zippo lighter? Did you smoke, first of all?
1: I did. I smoked when I was 15 up
0: until about 30, 40 years old. Oh, that's quite a while. Yes. How about you? I smoked during college. Uh, it was, uh, I smoked uh, unfiltered Cools. That's that that's something that will burn your throat out in a hurry. Uh, uh, that and strong black coffee uh, got me through all night study sessions. And and I never owned a lighter. I never used a lighter. I may have had a Bic once or twice, but, uh, yeah, you know, I usually carried uh, matches in my pocket. I, th- I wasn't a heavy smoker, maybe 10 cigarettes a day or something like that. Not much. But uh, I never owned a Zippo. I have lots of friends that did, and my father owned a Zippo. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I, I I've looked through uh, uh, eBay at, at how many they have listed and I checked the the current listings and I the completed listings and and uh, how many of the completed listings have been sold and they have a phenomenal sell through rate of about 80% of the Zippos on on eBay sell. Actually, I'm
1: amazed. I've been selling or I did sell a lot of them. I had a client um that's that shipped them to me from Pennsylvania. Her father had a store and he passed away and she sent me all brand new Zippo lighters and they sold like hotcakes. I I sold them so fast. And I was amazed at how many of them shipped using the eBay's global shipping program. So many of them were overseas. And a collectible lighter can fall into the category of not being able to ship overseas. So some of them, um, it just depends how you list it on eBay. So you want to put it in collectibles, tobacciana, <laughs> category. <laughs> tobacco.
0: Tobacco. That's what we say up here in the hills of Virginia. tobacco.
1: So, but Zippo lighters are just so much fun to sell. So if you're out and about, you definitely want to pick them up. And the more interesting they are, of course, or the more uh graphics. Some of them have pinup girls on them. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. series that uh, they had replicas from the 1930s, 1940s of pinup girls. And I did really well with those types as well. But what I learned was auctions generally brought me more money. I recently got 300 and something for one Zippo and I start them at 99
0: cents. Really? Yes. Huh. That's, uh, there have been auctions I've done on eBay where the, that I've started at 99 cents and I'm always a little bit nervous when I do that because I don't know where it's going to end up. What's your your criteria for starting an auction at 99 cents?
1: Well, of course, it's all based on research. So Mm -hmm. if the odds are in my favor, I feel it's better as in buying a lottery ticket because Mm -hmm. if the odds are in my favor that it's going to sell no matter what, it's going to sell. And if I'm happy with... um, running the, you know, rolling the dice, I will definitely do it. Now, I see a lot of people are doing reserves, and I'm not a fan of reserves. I feel that Mm -hmm. reserves scare people off. What do you think?
0: Well, um, I don't like reserves either, and I won't use one online. Sometimes, I don't know if our our listeners are aware, I'm a a licensed auctioneer in Virginia. So I've done lots of live auctions and, and that sort of thing. And when a seller comes to me, uh, with an item that they want to have a reserve on, I'm really, really reluctant to take it. Um, in fact, most times I don't take it because, um, there's nothing that will spoil the mood of a crowd more than having to pass on an item because you don't hit the reserve. And if you have a lot of items with reserves, especially high reserves, then, um, it just makes for an uncomfortable auction and people start leaving.
1: I agree. I agree. I, If I'm going to bid on something and I see that it has a reserve, I kind of like shy away. Or I may drop a price in there and see if I can hit it. Or I may ask the seller, hey, what's your reserve? Now. Right. I don't mind when people ask me that back in the day when I used to run reserves and I would encourage it. I would even put it in the description box, (laughs) what the reserve is, because as a consignment seller, I've had clients come to me and go and absolutely demand a reserve. Then that's the strategy I would use. First, I would say, okay, what's the absolutely least rock bottom, lowest price you will take? And that will be our reserve. Yes, but um, I was impressed, Wayne. You did a lot of research on the history on Zippo lighters, and oh, you spent some stuff. time. Yeah, it's fascinating, right?
0: It, it is. Um, they've been around since 1932. There is a, a businessman named George Blaisdell. I think that's the way it's pronounced, George Blaisdell. Uh, he was at his country club or some kind of club, and and of course, back in those days, almost everyone smoked in the 30s. And uh, his associate, compadre, whoever he was with at the time, had a lighter that Blaisdell was impressed with. It was Austrian and uh, it was efficient. It would make a flame real quick, but it was difficult to use. It required two hands. And then the chimney wasn't particularly efficient either. It <laughs> would. Um, it wouldn't stay lit very long, uh, so Blaisdell thought that he could make a better lighter. So he used that uh, design, modified it somewhat, and came up with the the first Zippo. And uh, that characteristic click that you get when you open a Zippo lighter there's a little cam in there uh, under the lid that flips the lid back and and is largely responsible for making that. That noise, uh, You know, he was making those uh, lighters for I don't know, about 10 years or so when World War II came up. And during the war effort, like a lot of manufacturers were stopping their normal production and doing things for the war effort. Now, fortunately, uh, Zippo was able to keep making the lighters. They would just send them to the military and they made some changes. They had uh, they would make them in in uh, steel cases instead of brass cases and they gave them a kind of crackled matte black finish so they were non-reflective i guess you know they don't want the the nazis or whoever to to see the lighters flashing in the sunlight but since you're gonna make a flame out of it, I don't know how, how <laughs> much good that did. But I'm I'm not a military strategist, so I won't comment any more sure. on that. But um Yeah, after the war, uh, these soldiers were, were coming back with Zippo lighters and it was just a very popular thing. Every all the people at home wanted a zippo and and zippo started making ones with the designs on it and and school logos and pinup girls and Uh, In the 60s, Playboy Bunnies, there were just a lot of different kinds Mm -hmm. of Zippo lighters and people were collecting them. But uh, one of the most interesting stories that I read about uh, Zippo lighters is the mystery of the very first Zippo car. Do you know that mystery? I don't. Well, you're about to. Tell me, tell me. (laughs) Okay. And I will. I'll tell you that story. After this word from our sponsor. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. The WorthPoint price guide lists over 500 million items sold for prices and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a seven-day, seven-lookup free trial, go to worthpoint.com. And we're back. I was about to tell you about the mystery of the Zippo car, and here it is. Most f- folks these days are familiar with the Oscar Mayer Wiener sure. Mobile. The thing that looks like a big hot dog, and they drive it around to fairs and that sort of thing. Well, before there was a uh, an Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile, there was a Zippo car, wow. and the uh, Blaisdell uh, went out and bought a 1947 Chrysler Saratoga, uh, and he made the outside look sort of like a a Zippo lighter. It coming up in the middle of the car where the doors were. There, it looked like the case of the lighter, and then when you got on the roof of the car, it had a a lid that would flip open and it had the little chimney there it didn't have actual flames coming out it had neon lights coming out but it was a promotional uh car and they would drive just like the Oscar Mayer car they'd drive it around to fairs and you know promotional events to to sell Zippo lighters and it was a good idea but the car was so heavy that they had lots of suspension problems so they're always blowing out tires and springs and the car was just always in the shop and it cost them a lot of money to to hire someone to a crew to drive these things around and do the promotions and spend all the time on the road and finally at one point the car broke down and and they looked at the expenses and said we're not going to do this anymore it's just not worth it so uh they took the car and they took it to a dealer uh in pittsburgh i believe because that's that's where zippo is Is uh, located. And they sat it there and got some estimates to fix it. And they decided not to do it right there. And they just kind of left it there in storage. And it was there for a long time. Uh, It wasn't until the early 1970s that Blaisdell went back to the dealership to retrieve the car, but they were out of business. And the car wasn't there. And no one knows what happened to the car. No one knows. Uh, what, I I'm, I keep uh, looking, not actively, but with curiosity. I see things come across my newsfeed all the time that about barn finds, how you someone finds a Rolls Royce in sure. a barn, or you know something like that. I'm just waiting for one of these days for someone to find this uh, a Zippo car in a barn somewhere.
1: That would be so um, cool.
0: Oh, it would be. It would be. So, but could, nobody knows what happened huh. to the car. It could be anywhere. So in uh, about 25 years later, in uh, 96, Blaisdell bought, wanted to redo the the Zippo car deal. So he found and bought a 1947 Chrysler New Yorker and made another Zippo car based on what the first one, first one was. And it's still around, from what I understand. They're still doing... Uh, Still doing promotions and, huh. and uh, you know, I've never seen the car. I've seen pictures of it on the Zippo website. In fact, in uh, Pittsburgh, not Pittsburgh exactly, but in, in that area, there's uh, a Zippo museum and they've got you know, Zippo lighters and displays and, History. It sounds like a fascinating place to to visit. And then they have a story on the on the Zippo car as well. And they've got a gift shop. And if I were a collector of Zippo lighters, then uh, I'd be interested in, in the website. There's a there's a section for discontinued items, mm-hmm. uh, lighter cases, and that sort of thing that they're not going to make anymore. Oh. So if I were a collector, I'd want to go in there and snatch up a few of those, um, and just hold on to them. Sure. But uh, I don't I don't collect them. I tend to collect things that, you know, if I can't flip them and make some money on it, that at least it's something that I can enjoy and use. You know, like musical instruments or art that I can look at or something like that. So. Oh, here it is. The Zippo Museum is in Bradford, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, okay. Bradford, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, I yeah. No I'd love to just
1: is. go see it just because yeah. um, I think it's fascinating.
0: As you make your rounds for sourcing things to, to sell on eBay, are Zippa something that are on your radar as you go around... Uh, sourcing
1: Absolutely when I'm treasure hunting especially you'll find them in display cases under glass or plastic when the the dealers have set up those display cases that's mm-hmm. usually where you can find them or on right. the rotation kind of displays you remember those right. where you push right. the button and it like right. the jeweler jewelers would have them But you can usually find them under glass. They're not going to be sitting on a table randomly. You may find them at a garage sale in a box because um, they just don't know how to... They don't realize how valuable they are, so they'll just throw them in a box. So don't forget to dig through those boxes at garage sales or yard sales. But pretty much they're a sure thing. Zippos are a sure sale. The, The ones that are plain the the silver one like my dad actually had with his initials on it that one is only valuable to me you know or right. it may be valuable to a family member but in my in my experience i haven't done well with just the plain ones even the black the the ones you were talking about the black chrome ones right a matte color. However, right. another one we did not talk about are the tabletop lighters. Zippo made several tabletop lighters on different designs, and there were very um I recently sold a set of mid-century modern tabletop lighters that were brass in color and very hip mm. and right. retro. And you want to watch for those tabletop ones, especially if they have the Zippo brand on them.
0: Right. Are Zippo lighters something that's that's commonly faked? Wow. I don't know that
1: answer. We'll have to yeah. research it.
0: I know that in, in general, date codes are stamped on the bottom of Zippo lighters and uh, they're the website has a page dedicated to their historic logos and date codes so um th- that's a good fallback to see if what you're looking at is real but something that sells as well as Zippo's do and brings the prices yeah. that Zippo's bring i mean it's it's crazy i i looked uh, for example I, I looked a few days ago on on the worthpoint site and the high price for a rare Zippo was, in 2013, it was $463,000. What? Yeah, $463,742.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's, um. let me see if I can get that. Gosh, I wish I had a truckload uh, of those. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, it's a, a zipper, Zippo lighter, hand-painted, hot. Rat Rod Vintage Tattoo Cobra. <laughs> oh. Basically, it looks like it's a Zippo lighter with, uh, it appears to be an engraving of a Cobra. Wow. Ready to strike. And uh, 460, it must be. Uh,
1: super rare.
0: Yeah, super rare and have something to do with, oh, the artist's name. Oh. Is, is nasty. So it's got to be something. And I don't, and I'm not saying nasty as a oh. derogatory remark oh. <laughs> about the artist's name. It's <laughs> in quotes. Nasty. The artist's name is nasty. Uh, lighters brand new from the box to the paintbrush, so Ooh, it must have been bought. That's bot, why. Bot the, but four hundred and sixty-three wow, thousand dollars is
1: that sounds like the Andy Warhol of Zippo lighters
0: of Zippo lighters right there. That's you it. Know. And uh, but the the low. The low price for 2077, uh, 2007 was uh, one by, it uh, was sold by proxy bid for four bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> was you know, it just, silver? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, let me see here. I'll, uh...
1: I'm just curious. With dents and scratches.
0: Oh, it could be. I mean, I looked on eBay and, and sorted by um, the lowest price first. In active listings, there were lots of listings there that had no bids. Sure. I mean, you know, pages of them with no bids at all. So I don't know why they had no bids considering they sell so well. But uh, some of them, it looked to me like the opening bids were a bit too high. And uh, I don't see the point in having a high opening bid. You might as well do a, a fixed price listing, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, a fixed price will work if again if the odds are low on on um an auction so if maybe that lighter there's more of them out there and right. they're easier to get then i may set i may set a higher asking price with make an offer right and see how that goes right and base it on the average selling price. And I can usually get that um, trend reveal through worth point, worth point mm-hmm. by putting highest price first and then down to lowest price first and then switch them around. I can usually come up with a uh, someplace in the middle that I'm comfortable right. with to ask for right. it.
0: Right. The, the one that you recently sold, was it a consignment or did you find that, um, in your hunting.
1: It was consignment. I have okay. I have found them, but I have not been hunting lately, mm-hmm. but I plan on getting back out there and I promise you I will definitely keep them on my radar.
0: So what what are the parameters that you would use to decide if you were going to buy a, a Zippo lighter? Would you automatically buy one and and hope for the best, or or would you go through your standard research process to decide what you want to sell it for and offer it at a fixed price, or would you offer one of your ninety nine cent auctions to start? How would how would you proceed with that, and why?
1: Well, I don't believe in a, I don't think there's a one size fits all on mm-hmm. in the Zippo lighter category because it depends on the graphics, it depends on the style is it new or used is the case with it is the seal still on it has it ever been um removed from the case those are all kinds of things that determine the the listing price and the the price that i'm willing to pay for it so of in my opinion a zippo lighter is a sure thing it's a sure sale however it's going to depend on how much i'm going to pay for it so if it's if it's damaged i'm going to definitely pay no more than probably 10 bucks but if it has um if it's mint i'm willing to pay i would even be willing to pay up to $50 if i think that it could be a $300 one but i'm only going to know that by using a combination of the eBay app and the worthpoint app and right. by com- by you know going back and forth looking at those two apps that would help me make that decision on the spot but i think it's definitely worth
0: a flip a flip <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would think so too and and uh, uh you know of course if i were a smoker had other uses for a zippo lighter i wouldn't care one way or the other i'd buy it <laughs> and if, I, if i sold it i sold it if i didn't i didn't yeah. but uh Okay, so bottom line, you definitely
1: want to flip those lighters and don't let that sale go up in smoke.
0: Works for me. Thanks. Uh, and I'm Wayne Jordan. And I'm Dana Crawford. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.